We, Sonia and Januni, are a couple of pals studying science in undergrad. We are not professionals. Though every episode is meticulously researched, mistakes do happen. If you notice that anything, and we mean anything, we state is inaccurate, please let us know. Your comments, suggestions, and queries are important in furthering our personal and audience's understanding of science. Thanks for being a part of this discussion. We appreciate you. We really do. Bop, bop. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Beaker Bros. Wow, we said that insane. Wow. Well, today's a special episode, like all the episodes, but this one even more so because we have our first live member of our audience. (laughs) (laughs) We have our friend, Dahlia. She is taking a nap right across from us. But you know what? It is very relevant, though, to To, what we're talking about today. Because in this episode, we're going to be talking about the science and the effects of sleep deprivation. Dahlia, are you sleep deprived? (laughs) A little bit. Uh, But I know we're saying sleep deprived. I know in everyday terms, everyone, if you don't get a good night's sleep, we always say, you know, sleep deprived or whatever. But what is the actual meaning? Definition of sleep deprivation. That's a great question, Janine. Uh, well, there's actually a couple of defi- definitions depending on the source that you look at. You can find sometimes uh, definitions for sleep deprivation, sleep deficiency, sleep inefic- or insufficiency. They kind of overlap with each other, but they are distinct. But for the sake of this episode, we're going to be primarily focusing on sleep deprivation, which is a condition that occurs if you don't get enough sleep. Yeah, so it basically focuses more on like the total amount of time a person spends asleep rather than the quality mm-hmm. of sleep. Which would more so tie into the sleep deficiency definition. Yeah, and sleep deficiency is a broader concept that mm-hmm. encompasses sleep deprivation. That is correct. Yeah. So what happens when you're sleep deprived? Before I go on with that, um, sleep deprivation is estimated to affect about one in three adults. Mm-hmm. So there's three of us in the room. One of us is sleep deprived. I'm that one. is the one. Um, <laughs> so lack of sleep directly affects how we think and feel. Mm-hmm. And while the short-term effects or the impacts are more like noticeable, chronic sleep deprivation can heighten the long-term risk of physical and mental health problems mm-hmm. so the short-term problems can include a lack of alertness so even missing as little as 1.5 hours can have an impact on how you feel crazy considering how many hours do we get um excessive daytime sleepiness yes i know that mm-hmm. um it can make you very sleepy and tired during the day so that's just an effect of if you're sleep deprived yeah um impaired memory that's pretty obvious so lack of sleep can definitely affect your ability to think and remember and process information it can cause relationship stress so it can make you feel moody and you can become more likely to have conflict with other individuals can definitely affect the quality of life so you may become less likely to participate in normal daily activities or to even exercise and the most important is the greater likelihood for car accidents because drowsy driving accounts for thousands of crashes injuries and fatalities each year speaking of that there was an episode of um for those um what am i trying to say there was an episode of 
Oh, why can't I remember the name of that show? Mythbusters. Have you ever heard of Mythbusters? No. For those of you that don't know, and including community, <laughs> Mythbusters is basically a show where these people, they um, would, you know, come across a myth, and they would try to bust it, <laughs> or see if it's valid using um, science and engineering and a bunch of different processes. So one of the myths that they wanted to address was looking at whether or not being sleep deprived while driving um, can cause like a similar level of impairment as oh. being um, uh, drunk behind the wheel. Oh, and they found that. Um, so basically, the way that they tested it, this is very like off topic, but they basically had the uh, participant uh, go around a track in um, as either like sleep deprived or under the influence of something keeping in mind though that this was a very controlled trial oh, okay okay so like it was everything was controlled about yeah. it, so it was never at a point where it was unsafe yeah but they found that the amount of errors that were made behind the wheel were similar to someone who was uh drunk so if you're tired don't drive it can be just as dangerous as being, being impaired yeah, yeah. Or being impaired by like not or not just drunk but like under the influence, influence yeah yeah damn that's mm-hmm. i was just gonna say that's just kind of crazy it shows like there's effects on your brain that like even though like it's not as obvious as um being under the influence mm-hmm. sleep deprivation is pretty bad it's bad but now for a more severe effects of sleep deprivation not that you know Uh getting to accidents isn't severe but more long-term chronic issues yeah chronic sleep deprivation can basically contribute to a wide range of health problems we know that Uh but sleep plays a fundamental role in the effective functioning of nearly like all the symptoms systems yeah of the body so cardiovascular disease so studies have found that there's a strong association between sleep deficiency and cardiovascular problems which can include high blood pressure heart disease heart attack and stroke there's also diabetes so insufficient sleep can appear to have um, an effect on a body's ability to regulate blood sugar which can increase the risk of metabolic conditions like diabetes Mm-hmm. obesity we were just talking about this so research has found that people tend to consume more calories and carbohydrates when they don't get enough sleep which is just one of the several ways that poor sleep may be tied to obesity and problems mm-hmm. you were mentioning earlier there's like a hormone where it kind of explains how it connects to obesity like sleep yeah so there's a couple factors but i'll also mention one that's not necessarily hormonal related but um for hormones first there's a hormone called leptin and basically that hormone um suppresses um your appetite whenever it's released but by being sleep deficient or sleep deprived um that ability for that hormone to be released is reduced so instead of like having reduced instances of appetite it's Mm -hmm. like you typically crave more and that effect is also exacerbated by another hormone hormone called uh, ghrelin i think i'm pronouncing it correctly g-h-r-e-l-i-n yeah yeah Yeah. ghrelin and in people who are sleep deprived that hormone is more prevalent so by having uh, less leptin and more ghrelin your appetite is inextricably like increased yeah but then not only in that so that's like one thing that could lead to obesity another thing um is by being obese 
Studies have found that you're more likely to have uh, fat deposits in your airway and those deposits can obstruct your sleep. So that can lead to sleep apnea or improper sleep, which can then lead to sleep deficiency over time. So everything's just connected. Everything's just connected. Wow. Anyways, there's another one. <laughs> there's another. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I think the most obvious one is that sleep deficiency or sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to um, worsening your immune function, mm-hmm. which actually includes a poor response to vaccines at times. Interesting. Yeah. So while you sleep, your immune system actually produces... Um, like infection-fighting substances like antibodies and cytokines, and it uses these substances to combat foreign invaders, so bacteria and viruses. <laughs> and certain cytokines also help you to sleep, which gives your immune system more efficiency to defend your body against illnesses. So sleep deprivation prevents your immune system from building up its forces, in a sense. And if you don't get enough sleep, your body may not be able to fend off these invaders, and it may also take you longer to recover from illness. Which is kind of like interesting because I know, like I've talked to friends or whatever, and they're like, mm-hmm. I haven't been sleeping well, but they get sick quite often, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of interesting to see how there is that clear connection and not really being able to put one and one together. Yeah. Very interesting. Yes. There's also pain. It has an effect on pain. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Right? Explain it. So sleep deprived people are at a higher risk of developing pain or feeling that their pain is getting worse. Mm -hmm. So the pain actually may cause further sleep interruptions, creating basically a negative cycle of worsening pain and sleep. Is there, what's the, does it say anything about the physiological basis for why that happens? I found an article here. Um, It was posted not too long ago um, from, by researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, to the Journal of Neuroscience. And basically it says that um, in your brain, you have these uh, pain receptors. MCAT terminology, go. Mm. No. No, I think it's called NOCO receptors. N-O-C-I receptor. N-O-C? Yeah. Okay. I think that's that's what it's called. But anyway, so you have those pain receptors in your brain. And when you're deprived of sleep, mm-hmm. it basically affects your um, those receptors in your brain, and it leads to more intense feelings of pain the next day. Okay, and then so that's one mm-hmm. like sleep deprivation increase or high risk of developing pain. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the obvious one, mental health disorders. So we all know that sleep and mental health are closely interconnected, mm-hmm. and poor sleep does have strong associations. Um, with conditions like depression, anxiety, and bipolar, di- dipo- Bi- <laughs> bipolar disorder. Um, but there's so many more different aspects, like chronic effects of sleep deprivation that like we could literally make this a whole documentary if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. A documentary, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Because they're how long? Movies? Yeah. Like, I don't know, three hours? Yep. But you get to see our faces talking about it. Crazy. Interesting. Um, okay, so we were mentioning sleep deficiency earlier, uh-huh. right? Um, there are, I believe, different types of sleep deprivation. So there's acute sleep deprivation. So basically it refers to a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like usually like a few days or less. Uh-huh. Um, there's chronic sleep deprivation. So what basically the effects that we were talking about, how that's like connected. 
Um, that's also known as insufficient sleep syndrome. Mm-hmm. But there's also chronic sleep deficiency or insufficient sleep, which describes ongoing sleep deprivation as well as poor sleep that occurs because of sleep fragmentation. So basically, like you were mentioning earlier, how sleep uh, deficiency really refers to the quality of life. Yeah, or qual- quality of sleep. So quality, mm-hmm. quality of sleep. So even if you get the recommended, what is it, like eight hours of sleep, or you uh-huh. you keep waking up. Depending on your age. Yeah. yeah. If you keep waking up throughout the middle of the night, that's sleep deficiency, not sleep deprivation. Uh-huh. So, so have you ever experienced sleep deprivation? Have I? I'm sure I have. When I'm studying, when I'm mm-hmm. trying to put a puzzle together. <laughs> together. You can be very sleep deprived. Truly, truly. Pulled what about all- you? I was going to say, yeah, those all-nighters. One mm-hmm. time I tried to pull an all-nighter for a chem exam. Yeah. I pulled it. Okay, good job. Went to the exam. Uh-huh. I was reading the words, mm-hmm. but the sentence was not making sense to me. Goobly goop. Yeah. doop doop Exactly. Sounds like you're talking like, what are they called, the Sims? Yep. Yeah, that's what the English sounds like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I did not choose to write the MCAT early in the morning, because... <laughs> That would be very bad. Yep. I mean, we are waking up at 6 a.m. Sonia, how do you feel? So, for our listeners out there, Sonia and I have been waking up at 6 a.m. for the past week. Uh-huh. If you so ask us why... Well, I was going to say, if you ask us why, don't. We don't know why. But we have been going to the gym at 8.30. Uh-huh. But um, I was going to ask you, how have you been feeling with that change of schedule? It's interesting. So, I start off... I'm sure you can attest to this as well. Mm-hmm. I start off very exhausted. Mm-hmm. But by being, like, active, yeah. I guess that releases, like, wakefulness hormones and yeah. stuff like that in the morning that, you know, wake make you feel more awake. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, it's very hard because yeah. you just want to sleep. And like our 40-minute nap at 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, it's not productive. But, yeah, it's how not. do you feel about it? Um, I was going to say at the beginning of the week, it wasn't too bad right mm-hmm. but over time it adds up it does because like it's not like we're sleeping significantly earlier than we did no, before we're going to bed at the same time yeah like so 12, it's 12 one o'clock and waking up at six exactly so we're getting less hours of sleep uh-huh so over time it did add up and hence the nap at 7 a.m before the gym <laughs> but definitely going to the gym like wakes you up and it's not bad it's uh-huh. not hard but um, it's a little bit, but it, over time it gets a little better. It does, mm-hmm. and we're hoping to get huge at the gym. Yes. So, you know, we'll do an episode on exercise and how huge we are, how massive we got within a month. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a one month shred challenge. <laughs> can invite Chloe Ting. Yes, we can get her to guest star on this episode. Uh huh. We are viewed across three continents. We so are. We're pretty big now. Yeah, we'll tell her. Be like, hey. Come on over. Mm-hmm. So, I guess a way to end off this episode, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about a little bit of treatment. How would you address sleep deprivation? Funny thing. The <laughs> most obvious answer to sleep deprivation is to sleep. Like, that's, like you just need an adequate amount of sleep. So, uh-huh. typically, seven to nine hours each night. I'm Again, it varies for age. Yeah. If you're a newborn baby, I think it's 14 hours or something like that. Yeah. How I would love to be a newborn. <laughs> um, but again, this could, like, it might be easier said than done because if you're an individual with a sleeping, sleeping disorder, mm-hmm. that's not possible. So then again, with a sleeping disorder, you may be um, exposed to different 
treatments rather than just sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You might need other interventions, whether it be medication mm-hmm. or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like insomnia, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's different because even when you have the opportunity to sleep, you can't. Yeah. So there's, there's that. Sleep um, is so complicated. But it's so nice. Just It, it is nice. But studying is complicated. It is. Like most things in life. The science behind sleep. Sleep. (laughs) Well, I think that's a fun way to end off this episode. Mm -hmm. It looks like Dahlia is just waking up from her nap. (laughs) Good morning, Dahlia. Good morning. I have work to do now. Our episode did not put her to sleep. So that brings us to the end of this episode yeah and um hopefully to our viewers out there you'll learn something if you didn't i'm sorry we'll try again next time next episode uh-huh on a new topic yeah pretty crazy bye bye